We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose Andrews Podcast. This is episode 255 of the pod alongside Matt Rooney. I'm still Joe Musso. Got some things to talk about today, Matt. We got playoffs in the NHL. And uh, if Tuesday night was any indication of what's on the way here in the conference finals, it's going to be a goodie. Uh, we also have to set the stage for the NBA finals, which begin on Thursday night. And some topical golf situations, if you will, uh, really coming to a head on Tuesday as well with Live Golf getting its commitments and releasing its player list headlined by none other than Dustin Johnson, world number three, I believe. Uh, we're going to get to it all, but first and foremost, as we do, wellness check. Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. Honestly, last night I was watching that exciting hockey game, and, and one of the first things that popped into my head was, are we going to lead off the podcast with non-Blackhawks <laughs> hockey talk for the second consecutive week. And I, I kind of think we have to. I kind of think that's the logical starting spot. A uh, bit of a sign After of what the we times, saw last bit, night. Bit of, bit of a sign of the times. I am going to use that uh, to uh, fit in uh, a call to action, if you will. Here we are getting to that point of the year where the sporting cycle has slowed. Yes, football is on the way. I believe we are 99 days to kick upon our recording here. We're getting um, there. We are getting there, and we'll have obviously plenty to talk to here in the coming weeks, whether it be Bears or beyond, um, with all the faces changing places. But we'll get there when we get there. Uh, but right now, we're in sort of that championship, hand out the trophy, get to the lull. So send us your mailbag questions, as we will have a couple mailbag additions here on Moose and Runes in the coming weeks. But you said it, Matt. Uh, Don't make us talk about Chicago baseball. Uh, please, just please. Um, please. Hockey is squarely under the spotlight right now. If you're not watching, do yourself a favor. Uh, get involved because it's been great. Uh, last night, Oilers abs game one in the conference semifinal. Uh, I believe there were six goals in the first 10 minutes, something to the effect. Um, it was great. And it didn't slow. Uh, you got more in the second eight, six was the final. Um, Oilers have been in a few of those where it looks like, all right, they had, they had a game like that against Calgary. Um, that the one that ended up being, there, like that was also, there was also game one. So it's been, that was nine to six. It was nine to six and eight to six. So that is, their last two game ones, <laughs> there's been a combined with 20, what's the math? 23, 9, 15 plus 14. What is that? It's close enough. Somebody do the math yeah. for me. I'm, not, I'm 29, 29. I mean, project this forward, not just within this series. And we're going to get our first sample size of uh, Tampa, New York, which I think is going to be a little bit more of a closely contested um, cards against the vest type series uh, with the way that, Igor Shesterkin and uh, Vassy have been performing mm. between the pipes. Uh, New York's got to turn around. I really don't love their chances here in game one. They got to turn around regardless of being at home and play a team that's been on the shelf with fresh legs under them. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But in terms of the goaltending on that side of the bracket and the lack thereof on the other side, are you feeling like this is a glorified sort of, runner-up series on the Western Conference side. Like, like I just haven't no. been impressed with the goaltending on that side. Yes, I, goal, I goal do scoring, not. Goal scoring has been impressive, but are, are they going to be able to, when you roll this forward to whoever comes out of the East, are they going to be able to play that brand of hockey? Yes, Colorado can play any which way they want. Okay. I, I believe I, I believe they can win any type of way. I, I, last night, they got a little bit, they got a little bit caught up in the kind of the, the, the track meet that the game turned into. That's the game Edmonton wants to play. 
And it felt a little bit like Colorado was like, oh, that's the that's the kind of game you want to play. Well, we can do that better than you. Mm-hmm. I do think going forward, like we've seen Colorado is the, the highest scoring team in the NHL, but they're the most talented deep offensive team in the NHL. But like they also have a, like a really good defensive core. Like Kale McCarr's the best defenseman, if not one of the best defensemen in hockey. Um, Devon Taves is a really good defenseman. Like they, they have three pairs that they can kind of roll out and are, are, are solid defensemen. Edmonton doesn't really have that. Edmonton has to get you into a track meet. And actually, like last night was the kind of game they want to play. They just got beat at their own game. Colorado is a team that can kind of play however you really want to. Yeah, against a team like Tampa or New York, are they going to want to turn up the speed and, and make it a track meet? I think so. But mm-hmm. still, they can kind of they're not go- they're going to try to dictate the pace but if they can play to a Tampa's level they can play to a way New York does now do they want to get into a point where you know they, they face a red hot goaltender in Shesterkin or Vasilevsky no because those guys are capable of, of winning a series and if Darcy Kemper is out for an extended period of time for Colorado that's that's a problem uh, maybe mm-hmm. not quite this series but the next series but I think last night was a combination of it was game one that team had finally gotten into the Western Conference Finals they're at home Oilers wanted to run and Colorado was just kind of like, all right, that's nice. You think you can run? Here's how you run. And I I think going forward, they're going to make an effort to let's dial things back. Let's get better defensively. They they talked about it on, by the way, TBS, TNT, which the Turner NHL uh, panel is absolutely awesome. I I kind of had a, kind of had a worry that Wayne Gretzky was just cashing a check. And, you know, sometimes the legends Mm. who do that are a little bit like just there to be there. He's fantastic. Like he's getting into the games He's making some analysis and even he had an awesome quote last night was like, you know, I, I might've been the most offensive player in the history of this league. And even I think that was a little bit much. So I think Colorado is <laughs> going to try and dial it back. They're going to try and control the play a little bit, pace a little bit more, slow things down because if Edmonton gets into that pace, they're going to be in a lot of trouble because Colorado still has the big goaltending advantage, but that was a fun game. And like you said, tonight we're going to see one that is, going to be equally fun, but for, I think, entirely different reasons. This is your prototypical goalie duel that I think we're going to uh, see, and you, you know all about that over there being in New York. A couple things uh, on, on a few of those points. Uh, the, the Turner point you made there, can't echo that sentiment enough, especially when we're kind of seeing what's being thrown together on the other broadcast. Um, the, the ESPN um, attempt here, mm-hmm. I think has been a little bit off. Um, yeah, you don't have the great one. You don't have a podcast voice in biz. Uh, you don't have the coaching voice. You, you just don't have what Turner has. And yeah. being the broadcast nerd, I've been so, I've so enjoyed watching Liam McHugh do it on this desk because I loved what NBC did from their hockey coverage for all those years throughout the, throughout the Hawks runs. They mm-hmm. did it great, but they, but they played it straight. They played it down the middle, they yeah. sort of watching Liam McHugh's personality come out on this desk has been so much fun. Doing more of an Ernie Johnson, um, where he's yeah. not just setting the guys up, but also injecting himself in the conversation a little bit. It's been so great to watch um, pre post and in between the periods with those guys. Um, to your point about them sort of ramping up the defense and playing a little bit more of a traditional brand of hockey, those two teams on the Western Conference side, they're going to have to because it's going to be hard to transition to that when you do get into a series. Whoever comes out of the West, it's going to be hard to transition to that type of hockey against whoever comes out of the East because it's not just the premier goaltending out East. It's also the experience. I mean, you're talking about a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion in the Tampa Bay Lightning, a bunch of guys who know what it takes, a bunch of guys who have 
climbed that mountain most recently here in these last few years. And you have a ton of experience on the New York side, whether it be Panarin or other guys that have seen the moment. The <laughs> Western Conference side has been so interesting because of the youth, because of Connor McDavid rising to the moment, because of Makar, uh, because of Devon Hayes, mm-hmm. because of um, Nate McKinnon. Like that Colorado team McKin- has been so good for so long. That young core has been there for so long that like I, people, I think, are mistaking that kind of to your point mistaking that for like playoff experience. Like this is their first conference final too. They've been yeah, this no, good this for is, this long, this talented. This is the first time they've been kind of past that mark. This is a different depth. This is no doubt a different depth. That's why I sort of framed it off the top here as maybe tonight's matchup is game one of a best of 14 um, Stanley cup final type thing. I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like the, the adage goes, you ride the hot goaltender and the team with the hot goaltender hoists the cup and the two hottest goaltenders are going to face off uh, tonight at MSG. So, I, I mean, it, it's not a reason to not watch mm-hmm. both sides of this thing, but um, I think they're captivating for completely different reasons, as you said. I, I also just, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see the Rangers tonight because they do have some guys like Zibanejad, who you said been there, or Panarin, who's been mm-hmm. you know in playoff series before. Zibanejad's been there. Kreider's been around. But they do have a lot of youth that is kind of making this first run for the first time. And for me, this kind of feels like not. I'm not. I don't want to say they're going to be the Blackhawks of that that run that you know ten to sixteen run, fifteen run because that's well, you know it doesn't really happen that much that often. I don't want to call them that, but. This but the feels, age lines up. Yeah. This feels like a little bit like when the Hawks went to the East of the Western Conference final in 2009, and we all got excited thinking, oh, we're going to, you know, this is our time. You know, we got to get past Big Brother if we want to win mm-hmm. this, if we want to win a cup. Not necessarily that the, the Lightning are the rivalry that the Red Wings were, but, you know, they're kind of the Big Brother the team that's around the block. And yep. I kind of think this is where the Rangers get swatted back down a little bit. Not that they're going anywhere. They're, they got a great young core. They got the Vez- the guy that's going to win the Vezina hands down. He's probably the second best goalie in the NHL after Andre Vasilevsky. Like really good, really good core, really young, really controllable. But this to me, after beating, beating a, a kind of a beat up Pittsburgh team in seven games, granted a team that's been there before and knows how to win the playoffs, but a beat up, you know, Pittsburgh team with their third string goalie, a Carolina team that, you know, really just disappeared on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to get any breaks from Tampa. There's not going to be any disappearing act. They just swept Florida without Braden Point, who's a top six forward on that team and a vital player to two Stanley Cup championships. You're not going to get a team that's going to back down or give you nights off. And I think this is kind of the learning how to win moment because this Rangers team is rising. I mean, they were a lottery team, you know, not long ago. I think it was last year, two years ago. Like they're, this is a quick ascend. They've gotten some good matchups in the playoffs. I think this is where it, they, of course, can beat Tampa. They have, they've gotten here because they can beat anybody. But I think this feels to me a little bit like they get they get kind of knocked back down, and this is their learn how to win moment before you know next year, year after being really serious Stanley Cup contenders. Yeah, undoubtedly they are um, the team with more to prove here. You're going against a two-time Stanley Cup defending champion. Um, it's going to be a blast to watch this series. One thing that you know. I get handed shot sheets and I watch these games and I'm yeah. pretty much aware of most of the statistics before I get handed the shot sheet. There was a stat on my shot sheet the other night, game seven against Carolina that literally like I, I had to call upstairs and be like, is this right? Is this and, right? And, I, and I never do that because our team does such a great job. Mm-hmm. Chris Kreider is already the second most prolific scorer in New York Rangers playoff history of all the history in that building and in that franchise, like, 
his presence, I think, is going to be so big in this series. And what he did in Game 7, and not just him, but what that team did in Game 7, going out on the road to a place where nobody's won this postseason, and doing what they did, not just winning, but leaving no doubt. I think that yeah, gives them so it much up. confidence. It gives them so much confidence heading into the series. Now, does it carry over? Are the legs a little heavy? We're going to find out. It's going to be a blast. But um, I'm very excited for, for both of these series to unfold in front of us, Matt. I guess let's do it before we get too deep in the series. Give me your, give me your Stanley Cup final matchup. Uh, I got Colorado and Tampa. I think I, I think the Rangers are going to win a couple games. I'm not sure kind of where. I think there's going to be probably a game at home and maybe another Shesterkin game at somewhere where he steals one. But mm-hmm. I just think Tampa's too far into this zone, and I think they're playing so well. It might be game one that the Rangers come out and get one because Tampa hasn't played in like a week, and the Rangers are, I guess, the old rest versus rust, and who knows what's going to end up being the advantage. This could be one where the Rangers come out and win tonight. Um, but I just – I've gone against Tampa in this playoff. I went against them in the Florida series and they went out and just absolutely shoved and dominated. So I'm not going to go against Tampa in this round, Colorado, if they face might be a different story. I'll kind of revisit it then, but I think Colorado is going to kind of cruise by Edmonton and in five or six games. And I, I think the Rangers are going to give Tampa, you know, their best shot, but I just think Tampa is going to be a little bit too much that experience and, Cannot stress enough, one of the already one of the best playoff goaltenders of all time, Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, I, I echo what you're saying there. I think that that's going to be the matchup as well. Would I love to see the Rangers there? Yes, not just because I work with a bunch of Rangers fans, mm-hmm. they're going to be salty if it's not, but because like I say it over and over, give me the original sweaters. Give me, mm-hmm. doesn't even have to be original six. Give me Philly, give, like give me yeah. somebody. Like I just struggle thinking that, Tampa is the home of hockey and it is right now. And if they win again, this is historic. This is, yeah, this, this is, is one shy of the 80s Islanders. Islanders this is, good. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is unbelievable what they're doing and it should be respected. It's just, um, it's a little funky. It's a weird thing. And, it's happening in Tampa, Florida. And it's great to know that um, our last one came against uh, the, the early yeah. version. Of we this started country. this. So, we hey, started this. Not? We taught them how so to technically, win. Technically, if they win, we win again. That's, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's how many is the word we're five cups for this current. I think, that, I think that's, uh, I think that's it. I think that's I like it. that. Okay. I like that. Um, but I, Matt, I'm excited we, for tonight. I think it's going to be a great goaltend. I'm excited to see both of these goalies do battle. It's going to yeah. be so much fun. We go from the conference final to the conference finals because, or be, excuse me, to the NBA, NBA finals. finals. Yeah. 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 Um, grammar matters. Grammar matters. It does. And hockey, People forget that. hockey needs to hockey needs to throw an S on there because come on. Um, I actually disagree. You think? Do you really? I, I don't. Well, no, I think conversation. Wait, 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 no, no. Like, that, it should be the Stanley Cup final because it's one series. It's the final series. Stanley Cup. Final. Yeah, but like the Stanley Cup final just sounds weird. Stanley just Cup like final, the cha- just like the Champions NBA League final. NBA Finals. Well, because it's multiple games. Yeah, the NBA Finals is like when I go down to the Jewels and get the beefs and the Miller's Light. You know, <laughs> use guys. Maybe that's use, why it's It's use guys over on the corner. Want to go watch the NBA Finals? Uh, let's speak about those guys. Uh, <laughs> Steph Curry, it's really the uh, – we're weighing experience against the hunger of not having a banner to your name. Obviously, Boston has plenty, I believe, seven, 16, 17. They're either going for 17 or 18. Um, but this core, yeah. But this core. Jason Tatum. 
um, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, their trio was questioned and have been questioned time and again, and they come up massive in a game seven. They wanted to give it away in those final moments against Miami. Um, Jimmy Butler, again, doing everything he can. People are going to criticize the shot selection, but I don't know that you get a better look coming off a screen. Yeah. So I, I have I have nothing but respect for what Jimmy Butler did in that series against the Boston team that wants to muck it up, wants to play physical. I I don't know if it makes too much sense. I don't know if it's too easy and a dangling right in front of us, but I just don't think that brand of basketball works against a Warriors team that has so many scoring options, that has legitimate four or five guys who can put up 20 whenever they want. Um, if, if Clay is shooting the way that he did in their series finale, give him the trophy now because I think you're going to get a highly motivated Steph Curry because his resume is missing one thing and one thing only, and that's a NBA Finals MVP. I think he's going to go out there and average 30, 32 a night. I, I really do think that. I think this is what Draymond Green lives for. These two weeks are why Draymond Green exists. Um, is for NBA Finals basketball, the intensity that he brings. If Clay's got his stroke going, if Poole can give you 17 to 25, if these young guns in Kaminga, and I mean, they just have too many pieces. And I don't see the matchups. When you're looking for the matchups, I don't see the matchups for Boston. Boston, they've done so many impressive things. They sweep Kevin Durant. They sweep, uh, they sweep the Brooklyn Nets off the court. They beat the defending champs in seven. They beat a tough Mm -hmm. Miami team in seven. I just don't know. I don't know if there's enough left in the tank to run off screens for two weeks and chase Steph Curry. I just don't. That's what I thought. Like Watching that game seven and Miami inching back and literally emptying the tank, that was all they had. I'm with you on that Butler shot. Like in real time, I would have thought like go drive and try and, you know, you you have Horford kind of on his heels, go Mm -hmm. go to the basket, drive, get one. But also like, You've come this far. Like, why? Don't play for overtime. You got an open dude played, Just take it. Just take played, it. I get that. Dude had not sat a second in that game. I think he had a couple minutes in game yeah. six where he sat and didn't sit in game five. So he played of the 140-something possible minutes, he played all but like three of them. But like he did your, not he did not have overtime in his legs, you know. Like yeah, that was and, that was and this ends tonight, one way or the other. And if you go back to the series that they lost when he was with Philly, when yeah. Kawhi quadruple doinked it in, Jimmy mm-hmm. hit a go-ahead two to tie that game or to take the lead in that game before Kawhi hit the three. So Jimmy's been in that situation of let oh, me yeah. go get my let me go get my bucket at the rack, and it's not been enough. So mm-hmm. I think he was like we either win it or lose whatever let's just, let's end three. this now exactly like, to that point like i boston they're they're deep and they, i know they they have a lot of you know they, they can, it seems a lot to me like we we're just talking about if if we do get a lightning avalanche series it's one team that's going to want to try and run and score a bunch of points another team's going to try and slow things down but we saw like with boston it took just about everything they had to get by a fully depleted pretty much entirely hurt banged up jimmy butler and the heat team like I don't see them being able to dictate the pace against Golden State because, like you said, Golden State has so many options and so many guys that can score that if, like, if Steph's having it, like, all it takes to beat Miami is Jimmy really needs to be off for a night and then we're going to kind of cruise to this. And if Steph is having an off night for Golden State, that's great. Then you also need Clay to have an off night. You also need Jordan Poole to have an off night. Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins. Like, there's just so many options and it's just such a different style. They're going to try and run and play fast, score a bunch of points. And if they have a couple guys that are on for it, I just don't see how Boston can keep up with it. 
I, I, just, um, I don't I don't see it. I do think they are built to make this tough enough on Golden State. I see it going six or seven, but having been in that moment before, I think it's going to pay dividends for Steph. And we that talked too. about it. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. This is not a team without motivation. Their their sole motivation is not to win another championship and extend their legacies. Like there are certain mm-hmm. things that they want specific to this moment. They want to win one after Kevin Durant. That means so much to I know specifically that means so much to Draymond and to Steph. I don't know how much it means to Clay. Clay is sort of his own dude and just wants to schwack threes and win trophies. I don't know if if that means a whole lot to him, but the personality of Steph Curry, the personality of Draymond Green and what that means to them to do it beyond KD, I think is very important to them. That's why I think you're going to get, you're going to get the ultimate fastball out of them. Like we were so ready to say that this dynasty was done after they won mm-hmm. uh, was it, 18, 18 games, games two years ago or whatever. And sorry, six time in eight seasons. There they are representing the Western conference. It's just, sorry, it's, we're not dead it's yet. Just, it's just what it is. Um, super jazzed, super jacked up to, uh, to watch that series unfold. We got a couple, we got a couple great weeks of, uh, of playoff moments coming both on hardwood and ice man. Yeah. It's, this is as into the playoffs as I can remember being in a long time. Like I, even last year's uh, NBA finals, like I kind of got, I got super into the, the, was the, was the Nets bucks, a, Conference final or semi uh, conference semi last year? conference final yeah conference last final year, right the that was the conference final correct I, I remember That's getting really line. into that one and then I don't know, it just kind of felt like hey, the Suns ended up making it a better series but it kind of felt like whoever won that one was going to end up coming out of it like this year especially I don't know what's if it's I'm finally over the Hawks being bad that I'm this much this much back into the Stanley Cup playoffs but like I don't remember this like Stanley Cup the the conference final has been appointment television. Last night, tonight, the, the semifinals or appointment television the last few nights. Like the NBA is for the first time in a long time for me. It's just about appointment television every night. I couldn't wait for Heat Celtics game seven. Like this has been a fantastic set of playoffs on both sides. I don't remember the last time I've been this into both. Mm-hmm. I think that um, if you even take it a year further back, um, beyond the Suns last year making that run, it was the bubble championship the year before that, yeah. which was, and it was like kind of gross. Um, and then the year before that, we're back to we're back to Warriors dominance. So I, I mm-hmm. guess that um, that we that we might have fooled ourselves here a bit, thinking that we could close the book on uh, on the Splash Brothers and Draymond because here we are again, and they are. I'm I, I think it's pretty obvious at this point, but they are my pick to win it. I'm going to say Warriors in six. Yeah, I'm going to go. You know what? Since you took six, I'll take Warriors in seven. I, I okay. think it's going to be a good series. I think Boston's still going to get theirs. They're they're a very good team, but I just think in the end. Steph and Clay and Draymond are going to be too much. Like you said, to the motivation factor, like Draymond's still talking about, like still him and KD are still getting into Twitter beefs about who got double team more in that. Never, era. Like those guys, are, those guys haven't gotten over that. They're, they're, they're motivated. They want one more. Yeah. Uh, Matt, let's keep this thing rolling. Uh, head to the tour where live golf announced its first uh, fielded event in London. And I think everybody's surprised Dustin Johnson headlining that list beyond DJ Really no surprises other than the fact that Phil's name is not yet on that list. There is still a American spot open for Phil. Um, I think that Phil just kind of wanted to – if he was smart, Phil would have been on the uh, on this list because he could have – get it over with, rip the this. Band-Aid off. Rip the Band-Aid yeah, off. With with DJ, yeah. That was expected. Phil was expected. Yeah. DJ was not. So DJ um, – I, I don't know. This is These are big questions now. Like what is Dustin Johnson's future in the game of golf is not a stupid question. 
at least in the PG on the PGA tour. Now mm-hmm. I, I tweeted it yesterday. I'd love to know the sum of money that they gave him to essentially be the face of live golf because he has burned a bridge with the PGA tour. Like it's, it's a fair question. Does Dustin Johnson ever play golf on the PGA tour again? Um, the USGA kind of distanced themselves from the PGA tour stance. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Dustin uh, next month at Brookline for the U S open. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about just PGA tour season events, what was the much, PGA's exact, do you off like top of your head, not the word for word statement, but what did the PGA exactly say just for, they're not offering and- exemptions. You're playing okay. in one or you're playing in the other. Okay. And they can, because they're independent contractors, they can suspend any player at any time for anything they want. They pr- Don't forget, the PGA Tour protected Dustin Johnson for two years early on in his career. Dustin Johnson had a substance abuse issue, and the PGA Tour stuck to their code and essentially, like hockey, said, hey, upper body injury. Dustin's yeah. going to be out for a little while. He's been fine, but mm-hmm. you know, he, you're not going to see Dustin for a little while. So Dustin Johnson has been protected by the PGA Tour. He's been paid handsomely by the PGA Tour. He's made his living on the PGA Tour. This bag from Live Golf has to be something that's going to leave our jaws on the floor if we ever do see that number. It had it has to be something that I'm talking like it has to be like a half a billion dollars where he essentially was made an offer he could not say no to because Live Golf did not have a face. They did yeah. not have someone in the top 10, let alone the top 25, to represent their league and make this thing have some sort of credibility. And I don't know that credibility is the right word to use, but um, Dustin Johnson now again puts himself not again, but uh, puts himself in the crosshairs of a lot of scrutiny. And I think to be selfish, the worst part about it, I love watching Dustin Johnson tee it up every week on yeah. the PGA Tour, and we're just not going to have that now. It's I, I think one thing that I at least give him somewhat a credit for. Obviously, you said the, the bag that he got probably has to be massive. I'm glad that he didn't come out and give this statement that Phil kind of tried to do, like, hey you know, the PGA, this and that, and, you know, I, this is trying to grow the game of golf and this is, this is better for the game overall. And his, his agent pretty much just came out and said like, Hey, Dustin was offered an opportunity that he couldn't pass up on, which means he was offered an insane amount of money. He couldn't say no to, and is irresponsible to say no to, or whatever you want to say, but that's pretty much what his agent came out and said, it's offered a great amount of a great opportunity. He couldn't pass up on. He has nothing but gratitude for the PGA tour. And in the end, this was too compelling of an offer to pass up. I, I at least give him a little bit of credit for doing that statement instead of the same song and dance that, you know, he got from Phil about how this was, uh, you know, standing up to the PGA tour. And then they're the, you know, they're the boogeyman and they do everything wrong and they treat players badly. At least Dustin just had the, I don't even know the word, the, the gumption to just be, yeah, I, I got an opportunity. I couldn't pass up. I'm taking it. I have nothing against the PGA tour. They've been nothing but great to me. Um. But he has none of that in him. We know that, you know, like he's almost perfect for live golf because his one word answers will offer nothing. Like, like, why would you do this? He's like, I don't know, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, does it bother you where this money's coming from? You know, it's money, man. Uh, What do you think about, you know, what do you think about those people who are signing your checks? Who's as long as they're checks, like he's just going to, he's going to DJ his way through this. And, um, I don't know. I I think that he had to make the decision of, is this bag that I'm going to get here and then the potential money I can make in this league and let's say this season and if there is a next season, enough for me to be happy and go away forever. 
And I think Dustin Johnson is the type of guy who has a number in his head and says, I'm now happy. I'm cool with it. I'm ready to go away forever. And unfortunately, we might be a lot closer to that day than I thought we were 24 hours ago. Yeah, I think now we're at the point where maybe he's, you know, won a Ryder Cup. He probably doesn't think he's ever going to captain a Ryder Cup or want to. He's won a Masters. He's won a U.S. Open. Like, maybe he's at the point where he's like, yeah, you know, I've kind of done all I've set out to do at this point. I'm never, I'm, I'm never going to win 18 majors or be tiger or Jack. I'm going to go maximize my profits and just kind of fall away and disappear and and, and be out when I want to be out. I think there's a broader conversation too, of there's certain guys on tour who do it for the money. There's certain guys on tour who do it for the trophies and most of them fall on a sliding scale between those two. And I think a lot of it is based on your point here. How much money I have gets me closer to doing it for the trophies. Yeah. Dustin Johnson has two commas, nine figures in the bank account. Like he's the money's good, which sort of allows us to pose the same question that we posed to Phil. Like, do you really need more? Do you need that much more money? But mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's neither here nor there for us to count another man's money. I just thought that Dustin Johnson would be at a point in his career now where the trophies mattered more. I, I, I apparently am wrong. I guess he doesn't care about as much about stacking them up as maybe is, is I, 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 I'm interested to know if he didn't have that master, the, the master's title, or if he didn't have that U S open or, you know, if he had just maybe won one PGA and nothing, masters he still takes of his offers. Sorry. I, He's got a green jacket, though. Like It was in front of nobody, but he's got a green jacket. He's a Masters champion. I'm not going to take that away from him. He was still, I think, the lowest score to ever win a Masters or record a Masters. So, well, there was nobody there. He's November. Of course, it was yellow. He still did it. We just got done devaluing a bubble championship. We just got done devaluing a bubble championship. What about a bubble Masters? I, I know yeah. we're digging into things Fair. that aren't I, important to the, to the conversation here, but I'm just, I'm just surprised and disappointed. I'm, really. I'm not saying I'm not surprised or disappointed because I'm going to miss watching Dustin Johnson on tour. He is when he's on, he's as good, if not better than anybody. And I just think he's at the point where he must be at the point with it personally, where he just is good. Like he, he just wants his money and he wants to be done eventually. Probably pretty like said sooner rather than later. And that's kind of that. I think we, I think we've talked about it a number of times in the pod about, about before about how, you know, there's certain guys who the game's better when they're on that first page of the leaderboard. Yes. Um, and I think there's, I think there's tears to that. There is must see TV guys, which maybe there's five or six of them. There are, Oh, what an awesome leaderboard guys. There are, yeah, I'll watch guys. And then there's, what the hell is this leaderboard? Dustin Johnson is in that first tier of must oh, yeah. television. When his name is on that leaderboard Saturday and Sunday, and you're a golf fan, you're tuning in. Like oh, yeah. to lose one of those five or six guys, and I put that list at like Tiger, DJ, Rory, Spieth, um, JT, JT, and maybe that's it. You know, and we feels like we lost one of those guys, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, that is. Uh, it's too bad. I, I'm. Now, in terms of the the Saudi tour, like, is that going to be on? Like, what what are is that going to be on TV in the states? Or like, what is like the deal with that? Like, is that are they actually buying? Are they going to be on you know big networks here? Is it going to be like an online streaming thing? Or what's the deal? Like, I don't think I've heard of that because I know the it's, tournament's starting, but I, like I haven't seen. I'll tell oh, you this: watch us I'll here. You, watch I there. don't. I don't know. I'll tell you this though: it's not going to be on CBS. That's it's true. not going to be on NBC. Also it's true. not going to be on ABC. 
It's not going to be, or maybe my point is it's not going to be on anyone that carries golf right now because they all mm-hmm. have relationships with the PGA tour. It's not going to yeah. be on golf yeah. channel. Um, I just Googled it. And as of May 3rd, no TV network deal has been struck for the Saudi back live golf series, which is unbelievable because the wild. player pool of money on the PGA tour comes from those TV contracts. This is even a further indictment of the money that these players are going to be paid. Cause it's, they're going to put this thing on regardless of a TV deal and they're paying guys millions and millions of millions of dollars just to show up on top of the millions and millions of dollars it takes to have these tournaments on top of the millions of millions of dollars they then have to pay to, to the actual purse. This is just, this is just dirty money. This is dirty money from this dirty Saudi money that these players are having to make peace with. And if you can come to moral terms with that, then I mean, in, in, enjoy enjoy life on the back of the yacht, but but you're you're doing a disservice to the viewership, and um, that's really what this feels like. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if if there's a guy that like you talked about, we kind of both said if there's a guy that probably can make peace with that really quickly and not really care as long as the bank account looks all right. I'm like you said, I, I'm not. I, it's hard to tell a man whenever they have enough money or you're making too much money or you don't need more money. If that's how DJ feels, that's how DJ feels. I'm just, I'm disappointed. We're not really going to get to see him compete with the best anymore. It's, it's very, it, it wat, waters down the product isn't the right word because there's still a ton of good golfers, but mm-hmm. it removes a, it removes a really big time name. Yeah. Um, I'm looking a little bit further into this and they are live golf is currently offering the TV product to UK providers free of charge. So they're just essentially at the point where overseas they're saying, someone carry this, please. Okay. Um, it appears that it is going to be on YouTube here stateside. So I don't know if there's been a contract or a deal, but um, this headline is saying that Live Golf Invitational Series to be shown live on YouTube. So mm-hmm. Interesting. But hell of a field at the Memorial, Matt. It's going to be a blast to watch it this weekend. Um, I'll offer you a long shot here that our guys are on and it kind of makes a ton of sense. Patrick Reed playing some really good golf, still 50 to one. And for all the scumbaggery that's floating around the tour right now, why not, why not have a, why not have a real mensch like Patrick Reed win it this weekend? You know, Jack's been under fire. Phil DJ's come under fire. Uh, Patrick Reed just seems like the logical pick. You gotta, you gotta pick a villain to win this one, right? Ah. Do you though? Because la- when, <laughs> wait, so wait, last year was the the Rom Cantlay duel that Rom got pulled because of COVID, or what? Well, not duel. Rom got pulled because of COVID, up six shots, and Cantlay won. Was Correct. it two years ago that JT and Morikawa just went no. back and forth? Two years ago, two years ago, Rom won. It was Rom defending. Oh, wait, 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 so wait, this, wait. This, so this what I'm be, remembering this though, could be three straight. You're remembering the, the um, it was it was it was at Jack's place, but it wasn't the memorial. It was correct. the tournament it was right before COVID, they the redid it. Yep. It was the uh, I'm forgetting the name, but it was at Nearfield Village um, the week before Rom went on to win the memorial the following week, and then last year he test positive. That would have been back to back. So he is the odds on favorite, I believe, at ten to one to winning it this year, what mm-hmm. should be three straight memorials. So um, it would be the perfect jumping off point for him to then go defend his U.S. Open title. So that makes a ton of sense too. Um, but really good field, uh, plenty of golfers out there that are interesting for a myriad of reasons, and uh, it's going to be a fun watch, no doubt. 
can't wait. Uh, I mean, really, this is one of those non-majors, that, you know, not quite up at the players, one of those non-majors that you keep track of just about every year. And it might play more difficult than even the PGA did for how hard it was. Like, they're saying the rough at Airfield is just stupid right now. So that's, could be a that's what they do there. Could be a bloodbath, but uh, it's going to be a blast. Matt, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Moose and Ruins podcast at the 255. The good, the bad, and the otherwise always coming your way here on Moose and Ruins. But as we said, get in that mailbag. Send us some questions. We're going to need it in about a month when we've handed out all the trophies and it's just me and you staring into each other's eyes. But for now... Not much left there. He is Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Matt, say goodbye to the people. Later. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.